I got the ability when I moved to nature to start channeling the creative energy into business. And you're right, there's like this invitation to get still. And within that stillness, we hear our own inner guidance more than ever. Welcome to Woke and Wired, a new conversation about expanded consciousness and entrepreneurship. We are here to shift the paradigm of business and marketing and social media in this digital age of infinite possibility and bridge our inner technology, our intuition with outer technology through rituals, personal development tools, conscious business practices, spiritual tools, and the magical tool of social media. I am your host, Xenia, storyteller, conscious social media teacher, speaker, and a multidimensional traveler. Welcome to the new paradigm. Welcome back to Woken Wired. I'm your host, Xenia, and today, back on Woken Wired is my life partner, my partner in co-creating so many things. That was him chiming in with cracking his fingers in front of my face while I'm recording this intro. We're finishing up this podcast pretty late. There's a big announcement that we're excited to share about our property and the new project we're taking on. And it all unfolded so quickly in the past 48 hours. And I was just really inspired to create this conversation. Uh, it's Eric's fourth time back on the podcast. He is someone who is an entrepreneur himself who has delved into many worlds of spirituality and all kinds of plant medicines, has lived a very interesting life. And now what we're creating together is just really a vision of being connected to nature and being expressed creatively and using the digital world and social media as a way to give us that freedom to choose how we spend our time, how we make impact, how we connect with others. And so this is a conversation where we dive into entrepreneurship, where we dive into living in nature and our move from the city to nature and some of the upcoming projects that we have and what's driving them, as well as a little conversation about crystals and an exciting holiday sale that we have coming up on crystalcriminals.com. So if you're looking for very special gifts for someone that you love in your life who would appreciate crystals. It will be limited amount of pieces from our personal collection. And they're very, very special. Trust me when I say that. So crystalcriminals.com, check it out. And otherwise, I'd love to hear from you where you took away from this episode, what questions you have for us. Just DM me on Instagram at Wired. I would love to hear from you. And if you want to tag Eric, I don't even know what to tag because he's basically the plus one on all of my social media accounts. Oh, yeah. You would, I mean, I'll pass that along. At Eric Brief on Instagram. I, I do check my DMs once in a while. Anyway, that was the unofficial <laughs> Eric Brief. Welcome to the show. And here is the episode. Enjoy. Eric Brief, 
Welcome back to Book and Wired. As you just mentioned to me, you are the most repeat, repeat guest. This is your fourth episode of being a guest here. Well, thank you very much. I'm really happy to be back. Ksush, nobody calls you that, I'm sure, but uh, except your parents and me, I suppose. But yeah, it's really, I'm really glad to be back on the show. I think uh, for the amount of time that someone spends with you and how much time they're on the show, I'm probably pretty low percentage-wise in terms of ratios there, right? But, you know, I'm always moving around, doing different things. Like, one of the, there's a couple of just short things about me, quick bio of meaningless things. I'm always moving my toes nonstop. And so when we're sitting on the couch, she's like, you're moving your toes and flicking me with your toes. And I have no idea. It's completely involuntary. Second thing is when I watch videos of other people, especially myself, I will, my facial reactions will mirror the facial reactions of the people in the video. And while I'm typing, I don't just, like texting, I don't just mouth the words. I make facial reactions and move my eyebrows and mouth up and down and all sorts of crazy, you know, faces that I have no idea that I'm doing. So there you have it. So that's the kind of person I live with, just a little glimpse. Weird things aside, what is it that you actually do? You're a multi-talented human being. You're an entrepreneur. You're an artist. You're a maker. You're a lover. What would you say it is that you do on a day-to-day basis? Passion. I love doing stuff. And those areas, I, lo- I love doing things with my hands. So if maybe this will give you like a good overview. In the last like eight months, I would say I have uh, dove so deep into origami, modular origami, and spoon carving, and oh, renovating stuff. It's just like, I love it. I just love going so deep into things, dedicating all my time to them, focusing 100% and obsessing. So if I were to uh, tell you what I do with my time, I would say that I'm an entrepreneur and I have uh, a couple businesses and they're all in the world of digital marketing. So one of my companies that uh, me and my partner, Michael, have, it's, it's a search engine optimization company, right? SEO for home services contractors, HVAC contractors. I love these people. Because, um, you know, they really help people and they're like, you know, blue collar guys that are really sweet and really awesome. And it's a great business for them and for everyone. So that's one of the businesses I do. The other business that I have also with the same partner and some other partners is I teach people who sell digital marketing, particularly SEO, how to sell digital marketing. So I, I teach other there was goes the toes are cracking involuntary i teach other digital marketers how to sell digital marketing and help them grow their agencies personally so there you have it. those are the two businesses that have me in front of the computer for many hours a day and i would never normally sit in front of the computer for 8 hours a day but it's the talking that i love when i'm talking to people i could sit down for ever because I love the human interaction. I am the sales guy. I don't do any of the SEO, although I've learned so much and I love talking about it. I don't do it. I have a, you know, my partner is in charge of the fulfillment process. But 
for somebody who loves, you know, cracking rocks and mining rocks for a pathway from our house to the shed and building a stone staircase and finishing the mud room and, you know, doing the tiling in the bathroom. I don't love it, but it's done and I'm proud of it. You know, sitting in front of the computer is kind of like a, what's it, like a contrast anomaly? It's like not what you think, but it's because I have a passion for talking to people and I've got the passion for doing things. And they both end up working out pretty well together because I get a chance to sit down for part of my passion and stand up for another part of my passion. So does that answer your question? Yeah, I think what's very interesting about you and the way you've set up your life is that even though you're not a fan of being online, of social media, I do all of social media for us as a couple, as a household, because it's just not something that naturally comes to you. And... Nevertheless, you have been able to set up a business and a life where you live in a forest far away from a big city and you do use technology and the internet to make a living. So even though it's not your natural place to be, you've utilized it in a way that serves you to create the space and time to actually go and do things that you care about, which is cracking rocks and making spoons out of wood and all kinds of things that involve coming back dirty. Yeah, it's really interesting when you say cracking. I know I'm just I'm kind of grabbing onto one idea that you just said, but I think it's really un, like revealing something about how I live my life, which is when I'm in New York City, all of my creative expression, like I'm I'm filled with creativity. Just you know, if I can't make something. I'll wordsmith something. That's not my first option, like writing a poem always. But if I don't have any pens or paints or whatever, that might be the place that I go. But when I've since I've moved to nature, what I found is I'm doing really simple stuff. Carving spoons, taking stones and putting them on the ground. It's the sense of satisfaction and accomplishment. I'm starting to see that that is so huge. And I really appreciate people who are like, just like these HVAC contractors, right? Heating, ventilation, air conditioning, just like the people that I, that, that are my clients, they, they do simple things, but the beauty of like making a house comfortable, it's so incredible, right? The beauty of making our walk comfortable is me putting the stones down and it is, it's so practical, you know, I've got a lot of this stuff to say. I don't like art. I love art. I have so many paintings. They don't do anything for me. <laughs> they're in a closet. But the rocks that I, you know, crack open or like, you know, split and then put on the floor, I'm walking on them every day. And to me that I move those rocks, like they're really heavy, like 200 plus pounds, that I move them and put them on the floor and we use them on the way to our office every day. That means a lot. You know, I can tell you're a city boy because you call the ground the floor. Oh, man, that I gave it away. Yeah, I gave it away. Well, so you also said some other stuff. Oh, yeah. I, so let me be clear. I don't dislike social media at all. I think social media is great. I just don't like posting on it. It's not that I don't like posting for any ideological reason. Is I just like to be in the flow of doing things and not on posting things. I like to focus on being a character, not posting things about me being a character and editing or anything like that. To me, it's social media feels, I could probably change this context. I'm just being honest. It feels like an interruption in my life when the posting part comes in and I'm a perfectionist. And so I'm like, oh, did I do enough hashtags here? Or did I edit this the right way? You don't even do hashtags. I don't, I don't do any tags. That's it. I mean, but 
but I social media is also still a huge part of my life. I I do social media through you. I love social media. I love how you represent us and how you capture what it is that we do and I do and you do and your friends do. And I, my business partner, we have like two Instagram accounts and he does them all. So I, I'm very involved in social media. I just don't do anything. I've been posted on Facebook and maybe like a year before that, maybe it was another year. I haven't posted on Instagram in over a year and you posted that last post. That might change drastically now that we are talking about this building this new cabin and documenting it and taking you all on this journey. That's something that you came up with. Totally. Well, what's happened is I tend to do things that are extremely hard and time consuming when I'm passionate about them. Like nothing can stop me from doing things that other people would say are crazy if I want to do it. And part of, you know, those crazy things would be to take enormous rocks and to split them and then to carry them and then put them down by hand on a pathway. That that would have seemed crazy to me a long time ago. But one of the awesome things about being in this cabin has been that the thing that seemed so hard and so crazy just 20 months ago is now like an everyday thing. I'll never forget when we first moved in that same month, we were trying to build this fire pit because, you know, you love fire. And we were trying to bring these stones that were already just laying there in the field, you know, the ones that seemed pretty big, I was like, man, I could barely carry these. I am carrying stones five times that size by myself now. I'm not saying my back isn't hurting a little bit today, but but I may, we're able to do so much more than we possibly imagined. And uh, that's exactly why we moved to a cabin in the first place, is because I've always wanted to be the guy who builds his own place. So this is exactly where I would like to go. I think there's so many interesting aspects of the story that you and I are living and creating and co-creating that we can go into. And some of the ones I'm going to touch on is how did we end up here? And if you want to listen more about the full story of us meeting each other in New York City, moving in Brooklyn, and then deciding to leave the city and buy a tiny cabin in nature, we talked all about it in episode 56. That was probably a year and a half ago. Then in episode 74, Eric came back on and we talked about our plans to go nomadic for the winter. We hadn't yet renovated the house, which we already have now. And we just decided to leave for the winter instead of setting it up for the winter. So we traveled around the world and we share a little bit about the beginning of that journey there. And then in episode 87, while we were being nomadic... While we were attending the Gem and Mineral show in Tucson, Arizona, we recorded an episode that was all about crystals because rocks in different shapes and forms and shiny capacities have attracted you throughout your life. So you're one of the most incredible experts on crystals that I've come across and learned from and learned with and taught with. And If you're someone who's interested in learning more about their metaphysical properties, how they have impacted your business life, there's some really interesting stories in episode 87. So that's kind of like a very quick overview of some of the things that... Oh my God, I love that story. Sorry, go back to you. The business one? Oh my God, how I use crystals in business. Those are great. 
And it's so true. Yeah. Yeah. So go to episode 87 if you want to hear about that. But I, you know, I want to first give a glimpse into this whole lifestyle, why we made that choice, because I know that so many people listening are called to make a change from the city to a simpler life that's more connected to nature, that's more connected to where your food grows, and just every aspect of living organisms that surround you. It just gets so magical when we live in a quieter place. And then the other part is business. And I want you to take us on a journey of what's happened in the past year and a half or so, because your business has drastically taken off. And that's what's really allowed us to make all the home improvements. And in episode 126, I believe, or seven with Michelle Pelazone, when she asked me what one of my biggest wins of this past year has been, I said that it's been surrendering to your vision, even though sometimes it seems really hard because you're such a visionary, you're a manifesting generator, you take on way more than it seems that you can chew, but you really stick to it. And you take it on, you see a vision like renovating this cabin and like moving here too. Like that was all your mastermind after watching way too many YouTube videos about tiny living. And then you just figure it out. Like once you take that bite, you figure out how to chew it in the process. And I'm not naturally built that way. And so being with you and just you spearheading all the crazy adventurous decisions and me coming allowing me and creating the space for me to come on board when I'm ready has really been very expansive and I've learned so much from it. Oh, wow. Thank you so much. You said so many things. I was like wanting to respond to them, but let me pause. So first of all, it used to be because like I can walk into a room or a place and it, it's not like I see the future. It's like right now, this is what I see and want it to be. Like there's no pause. So I will walk into a place. I'm like, look, and I'm, I'm telling her to look and I'm thinking she's seeing the images I'm seeing in my mind. <laughs> like, you know, and so, but I see the whole thing complete, not the details complete, but I can feel the energy of it complete. And I could see the, um, I could see it, but I can't, I couldn't draw it for you. That's the best way of putting it. So I had a vision for this cabin. And a lot of the times, you know, in the past, something I'm breaking out of, I think we almost broke out of, is that the vision for what's possible is limited by the current circumstances. And I think that that is something that we've, we've broken through. As a couple, I've broken through personally. And it happens by taking a uh, biting off more than you can chew. For me, that's what happened is just to give you an idea about the cabin journey is I was starting up a new business just as we were buying this place. Meaning when we bought it, I knew that we weren't going to have very much money, if really any money to just spend on things that we didn't absolutely need. One of those examples would be like a driveway, like we needed a driveway. We couldn't drive our car up and down if it rained. So we essentially bought this place and just the process of buying it was like, it was so crazy because you got to, you got to put down money when you buy a place, of course, but that we're able to find the right place 
And then that was the, we were able to pay the right amount of money just to move in and buy it and then buy a car. It's just, if I would have known how much money it would have cost to get where we are now, I might not have done it slash probably wouldn't have done it and would have been like, oh, I'd rather spend it on something else. But that's just not how life works. It is not. It is, I, four or five years ago, I had this vision of building a shipping container home in nature. I don't know if that's probably like something that was really big back then or I caught onto it. I don't know if it was YouTube or something else or I saw it and I was really inspired by it. But I, I, I kind of grabbed onto the shipping container idea. But what I really liked the idea was building my own house and being the architect of that. That's why. Because out of all of the art I always make, I always felt like it was something that was an accessory to the house. But just like what I was talking about with the stepping on the stones that I personally split on the, on the walkway, I wanted the work that I wasn't making to be on the wall. I wanted it like to be the house itself. And so that huge project and then the satisfaction of building and then living in it seemed like oh, amazing. And I felt like being a, a city guy, I grew up in a two bedroom apartment, sharing a room with my brother, maybe 700 square feet, you know, not that that's like roughing it or anything like that, but I I never knew what a roof was. I didn't know what an HVAC <laughs> system was. All I knew is that, you know, the thing, there was a heater that turned on and off and I didn't turn it on and off. There was an air conditioner that, you know, was in, in the wall. So I just knew nothing about the stuff that I, you know, learned a lot about. Actually, ironically, I got my first job in digital marketing over seven years ago, seven and a half years ago now. And a part of it was selling digital marketing to home services contractors. And I was so lost. This is a huge influence in what we're doing today. I was so, I didn't know anything. Like, yeah, what do you know about roofing? I'm like, uh, nothing. Oh, so what do you know about uh, water damage restoration? I'm like, what is that? So I learned so, so many so things. So, and just for context, this was your first full-time job, Yeah, right? my first, like, quote-unquote real job. I, and I got it when I was about 26 years old. What were you doing until you were 26? <sighs> just, you know, kind of, like, you know, wander around, did a little real estate rentals here and there. Uh, did a lot of tutoring and teaching, uh, like, SATs for Kaplan, private tutoring, teaching kids for their bar mitzvahs, teaching chemistry, uh, writing, working with kids with different learning disabilities, all sorts of stuff like that. And it was fun, but I was, and I got a lot of enjoyment out of the, the teaching and tutoring stuff. Totally just like not what I wanted to be doing with my life. And even before that, I was, you know, wanted to be a doctor. So I had a whole like, you know, career journey thing. And the last thing that I thought I wanted to do was like, you know, call people on the phone and someone, I didn't even know what cold calling was. I didn't even know what digital marketing was. I just essentially got the job on Craigslist because I was, I told my dad, I'm like, dad, I just need a job. He's like, yeah, go on Craigslist. I'm like, Craigslist. He's like, yeah. So it worked. And then that ended up being successful in that job in a pretty short period of time. Thanks to Crystals. Thanks to Crystals made a huge impact. Um, and what's funny is at the beginning of that time, seven and a half years ago, people were laughing at me about Crystals. But I can assure you, at the end of my time there, three, four years in, people were asking me about crystals and they were putting crystals on their desks and all that stuff. So I think part of it is about the influence that I had on people personally, but also part of like the rise of crystals in general in society and the acceptance of those things. 
So all of that, I learned so much in that job. It's so funny. You'd never think like selling digital marketing would teach you about how to have a home and how much things cost. Because when you talk to these people, you know, you find out how much things cost for a home and it's like amazingly expensive. So like when I would talk to a roofing contractor, like, yeah, the average roofing job's 10,000 bucks or something. I'd be like, wow, $10,000 seems like a lot. And then I would talk to somebody who was an HVAC contractor, like, yeah, the average installation for unit, no, you make maybe three to 6,000. I'm like, oh my God. And I didn't even know all the elements of a home. I didn't even, like, in my mind, I was, you know, looking at a couple things and they were all so expensive. But as time went on, I just got to learn about all these things and a picture of a house came together in my head. Fast forward back to the vision four or five years ago. I knew I wanted to be in nature because there was something out. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not like a big camping guy. Of course, I go hiking and I, I, lo- I enjoy camping, but it's not something that I just like think to do. It's not. And I would do it. And if I, if Sush really liked to go camping, we'd be camping all the time. What I'm saying is I'm drawn to the nature, to out to the nature. That's what she would say. I'm drawn to nature and drawn to outdoors, but something about like leaving the city and disconnecting from that energy of comparing, looking at what other people are doing and then moving in nature where there's a, like a turn to the internal desires Right, because if I'm not always looking at other people and their clothes, and I'm just I'm a very aesthetic person, and of course, like you know, materialism is a human thing. I think, at least, especially in New York City. So once I stepped away from there, and there was a pull to step away from there, I have appreciated so many different things now. I'm like, oh, you know what? We need a truck that's old because it's utilitarian, and. You know, we need this now and I want this. And I'm going to wear these kinds of clothes instead of that kind of clothes. Like your alpaca socks? My alpaca socks that I'm wearing right now. And now I wear like these really nice flannel shirts. I have a denim shirt. That's a snap shirt, which I love. Anyway, it's just been so awesome moving out here. It's the riskiest move of our lives and the best move of our lives. And if I could say, we're so listen, we're creating a YouTube channel, Okay whether it's the one that we already have or it's something brand new, right? We're so early on, we haven't even figured out the answer yet. But we're creating a channel to let people in on this journey because I was inspired by other people sharing about their journey. And we actually, we've literally just like renovated and rebuilt the cabin in nature on huge property. And now we're building another cabin. And this cabin is something that Sush and I are building from the ground up, literally from nothing, creating the whole thing. And I've let go of the idea of building everything myself. I've let go of the idea of it needing to be all natural, or I've let go of the idea of it needing to cost this amount of money or that amount of money. And what I am doing is I'm holding fast, holding on tight to performing the things that I love doing most on that cabin. And right now, the last couple weeks, it's occurred to me that like you have got to take the stone on our property, this blue stone, really beautiful blue stone, and have that be like the outside, the veneer of the cabin. And that just like, that's all I can think about. I want to share this with other people. And I want to, because one is I love building and making and doing things and really making them happen. And two, I don't like 
posting about them. But guess who does? <laughs> right here. She loves telling stories online and she's an amazing content creator. And we already create content together. I already love her and love working with her on partnering up on all the other stuff around the house. So we should do this. Like, let's really share this because when we've shared things, especially like crystal criminals, like our love of crystals together, right? Me making the grids and her photographing them and us making them together. And then she made a grid, you know, that whole like working together and then the accountability of having other people who are engaging and appreciating and encouraging all that, that really takes it to the next level. And so we found is by making, I think that by making this project uh, public, it's going to make it better. From the ground up? From the, speaking of that, so it's actually happening tomorrow. Crazy. <laughs> so, so yeah, hold on, pause there. First, I want to okay. <laughs> zoom in on what you said. You've let go of it costing a certain amount of you having to do everything yourself. It sounds like those were some of the learnings from this renovation. Is that right? Totally. So in this renovation... So when we recorded previous episodes, none of this renovation stuff was real. And from my perspective, there was something huge that happened on an energetic level. So back in winter, after we recorded our crystals episode, we came back from Arizona to New York literally for like a week to make a stopover before we decide where we go traveling next. And during that week that turned into two weeks and then into three, and I just was not given our next destination. I was thinking Columbia, I was drawn to Columbia, but something in me was not pulling the trigger. And when it's like that, when my... I told you I wasn't coming, I was like, I'm not going. Why? I love Columbia, I've been there before, it's yeah. beautiful. I just I couldn't go. So there's something within both of us that was like, no, there was a desire, but there's something within us was stopping us. And then boom, the pandemic happens and it all becomes clear. And so we ended up staying in New York City in a family apartment while we got this incredible opportunity to renovate the cabin because we had somewhere to live. When you have a tiny cabin, you don't really, you know, we would have have to live out, outdoors. We barely had a place to live while, with the cabin <laughs> itself. So to be clear, this tiny cabin... So all the people who we've made great friends with, like um, our excavator, driveway guy, contractor, the neighbors, all that, now that the cabin is all renovated and it looks amazing, they're like, yeah, that place sucked when you moved in. <laughs> like They're all like, yeah, man, I can't believe it. And I told them like, yeah, we bought the property for this much and then the house, you know, I figured that was worth, you know, this amount. He's like, that house wasn't worth anything. And he's this guy's a friend of ours. It was like, wow, this place was really rough when we moved in. It was really rough. And like I said, retrospectively, if we would like have already moved in and like been able to take it back, we wouldn't have taken it back. But if we looked at it from the past and said, this is what it's going to be, we probably wouldn't have done it. So that's the thing that I keep on heart. Can you notice that's the theme that we've been talking about over and over and over again is even if it wasn't great, I would never redo it differently. But if I looked at this from the past, like my old Eric's eyes, I'd be like, hell no. Right, right. So right. it's, I think what you're talking about is like this very linear thinking that doesn't take into account the process. And the process is where the learning and the growth and the experience and the magic happens. You know, what I was pointing to is that in the spring and in the winter while we were living in the city and this place was still not what it is, 
you convinced me to start by just renovating a, a little room we had in the back that used to be your office, making that our bedroom and connecting the two parts of the house that were not connected. That's the only thing we were committed to doing. And you just went ahead without me being ready. And even with that, I still didn't see how this could be like this beautiful space that I crave so much. Like for me, beautiful space is very important. It nourishes my creativity. It nourishes my soul, my body, and my showing up for my community. And somehow then it just expanded room by room. It went from bedroom to living room to then we decided to add a bathroom addition. Then we built a mudroom and a porch and a shed office. And it became this space that does feel like a representation of me that nourishes me in every level. And on Oh my God, that too. feels so good. But I didn't see that possible. It took me, I was working with a coach at that time, for them to invite me to imagine what would it feel like if I could be in nature and feel amazing about around my space. And I had to imagine like a placeholder, another space that would have rented or bought or whatnot to even like allow myself to soak in that feeling. And that was my pathway to this becoming it, you know, like for me. Wow. You had to like put in a, um, a stand in place. In exactly. Exactly. Yeah, there was no yeah. way in my mind, there was no linear way that that tiny cabin could have become the luxurious, little, beautiful, charming home that I craved so much. Wow, that's really awesome. So it's a surrender to the process. It's surrender to the people around us who can hold a bigger vision, which for me was you. And it's taking it one step at a time. Yep. Well, in my mind, I'm always trying taking it so many steps into the future. And then I go so far and I feel like I'm exhausted from running so far into the future. And I'm like, and then I lay down and I just let go of everything, let go of all of the thoughts and kind of think about it as like an exercise mentally. And then I might have this, another thing the next day. I'm like, oh, what about barn beams? Like just, you know, what about this? Or, oh, what about a deck? And then I'll go so far and I'll call five people and I'll do research and I'll talk to, you know, three people in our, you know, in our neighborhood and ask them questions. And then that kind of just helps me develop more pictures. But what I will say is that when you didn't see the vision for the house, I wasn't worried. I used to kind of lose patience with you when you didn't see the vision that I saw. And then I realized that that's okay. You've got the things that you do and I do the things that I do. And I could be the person that sees the vision for these kinds of things in the future, or at least for right now, be that guy. And I could be the person who makes viral TikTok videos and gets us brand sponsorships. Absolutely. And that, you know, you do what you do. I do what I do. And, you know, we both do actually what we love. And that's the idea behind what we we're talking about with the crystal criminals was a great example is I do what I love, which so what is, is making Crystal stuff. Criminals? Oh, Crystal Criminals. Oh, it's the amazing Instagram account that we created together that was just a, like a crystal art, crystal grid, crystal passion magazine, it really is, you know, for lack of a better word, and different, channeling different messages and crystal grids and Show, Traveling around yeah. all over the world and mining and buying the most incredible crystals and selling them to our community. 
Yeah. Leading workshops with some of the top brands. Oh my God. I totally in New York City. forgot about all that. Yep. Oh, you know, I forget these things so quickly. It took off so quickly. It grew so quickly. It became like this recognizable thing. And then we just. Right at. The, it was actually just short of 10,000 followers. Yeah. And. So why do we stop doing it? Oh, I just got tired of it. I just, you know, it was something that no longer, it was no longer the thing I woke up every day and was passionate about. And I guess... From my perspective, it's when you are put in a container or a frame, you don't really work well that way. Like, you need to have full freedom of creative choice. But I'll also look at it like this, is I'm somebody that... I, I don't like do anything every day for the rest of my life. I'm just not one of those people. You know, people like, oh, I, now I do yoga every single day for the last kissing. 20 years. Like, I, I'm just not somebody who does that. But if you look closely at the date in which we started and stopped Crystal Criminals, the time that Crystal Criminals really stopped being consistent things when I had started building my new business that I... You know, that I have with the, um, with my marketing agency and, and then taking to the next level, um, the info product, right? The helping digital marketers sell digital marketing. When, you know, I started, I got the ability when I moved to nature to start channeling the creative energy into business. And that was something I'd never done in my entire life. Oh, totally. Like I, I have not made a painting in like 25, then like, 23 months or something like that, like with paint on a canvas. Now, I I started almost making one, but I'm essentially making my painting in in business. And I'm also doing it, you know, I did the entire mudroom floor and trim and paneling. And I did the, you know, tiling with you in the bathroom and the flooring in the kitchen and the Painting, crystal and grid spackling, in the shower. crystal grid in the shower, like so many things. And that was, it's been really satisfying. But that's like, I'm clear, that's my hobby. And I know, like, I do want us to make a lot of money all the time. And what was a lot of money a year ago is like not a lot compared to what we're doing now. And hopefully in a couple years from now, it won't be a lot of money too. Like we just keep on expanding it. Why? Because she asked me this question, Eric, what makes you feel rich? I go, oh, there's only really one thing. It's when I have an idea for a project and I can do without thinking about how much it's going to cost. That was the only thing I could think of that makes me feel rich. And it was like, oh yeah, let's build a new house. Oh yeah. You know what? Let's build a, a a house on the ocean, right? Like those ideas, like to me, that's why I also work because I feel really accomplished in business when I create something and I can share that also. But back to this cabin. Let's pause on the cabin, come yeah. back to it in a moment. Pause. I want to hear more about challenging business ideas. Were you aware of the fact that that's what you're doing until you said it just now? Totally, totally. Well, let's put it like this. The missing thing in my life, let's say before I met this woman, my life really wasn't that great. What she said, you said you raised my, what did you say? My market value. What did you say? <laughs> I did. What, what was the words you used? I think that's what I said. I raised your market value. Oh, she had ra- for sure. I mean, besides the hair around the sink, what you raised my market value because we parted up and 
my take on finding a partner, or let's say giving away 50% of your proverbial business is the best idea ever, which just seems so counterintuitive. What, what do you like, mean 50% of your well, business? My 50% of my business, it's like in a relationship, I'm not saying it's like a 50-50 relationship, right? Relationships like 100% on your side and 100% on my side, like always. What I'm saying is for me, like when we create a partnership is that we're both responsible for everything. And I'm just like pretty much responsible for all of the stuff that has to do with the physical world in this house that's not cleaning, right? Like something breaks, I'm the guy. If we got to call someone, I'm the guy. Uh, you know, all those different things. And you, like, you know, when something isn't clean, you're typically the person, unless it's laundry, I'm the laundry guy. Not lately. Not lately because you're doing it proactively. You're enjoying it too. It's true. She doesn't, she's not going to do it unless she enjoys it. Okay. But what I'm saying, this it's, this analogy is not working out with in terms of like the, the, you know, my analogy with explaining relationships because it's not exactly like that. But it's all about my partners in business and this woman right here is that they do the things that they're best at, that they're passionate about doing and getting better at. And I do the things that I love doing and I'm already awesome at. And then just staying in my lane has been so profitable, both from a monetary, personal, and passion standpoint. That's not to say that I'm not expanding in areas that I'm not as strong in. I mean, if you are a business owner, you can't like not look at your books, even if you don't want to be somebody who does the accounting. You can't like for me, I talked about how I'm the salesperson for the business, but I'm still looking at the fulfillment and the execution side. I'm just not inside of it so deep. I'm looking at it and talking about it from more of a global perspective. And so the ability for me to really dive so deep into what I'm best at and what I'm passionate about, like I love doing, that has been the key, I think, to the success. Because I had always seen, in some ways, I had seen businesses like, you got to do those things that you're not good at. And yeah, that's a lie. (laughs) It's a lie. It's like, well, wouldn't I start a business based on like, doing the thing that I, I don't want to say love most because before I started doing what I do now, like with my own company, I wouldn't have said that this is the thing I love doing most. I would have said like, oh, I love making stuff. But you know what? I love the business because there's like 50 people, 50 businesses, let's say, like from my agency standpoint, like these contractors that really, and hopefully it'll be like, you know, 300 next year, but 50 businesses, let's say that rely on our service to bring them so much revenue. And there's a partner I have, and there's people that we have that are partners or employees in our business and we make the world better. It's amazing. And go ahead. Would you say that partially you've learned to love what you do? Like you would have never imagined five, 10 years ago that this is the industry you'd be in, right? Five years ago, even when I was two years in, I wouldn't have predicted that this is the industry I'd been in, be in five years later. I think the industry is probably like, let's take a step back from that. I want to, I don't want to say the industry, but it's like, what is that I'm doing? Right. right because the way the reason why I want to dig this a little deeper is because there's so much conversation in our culture about follow your passion and you know how your business has to be like a true representation of everything you're excited about in life 
And I agree with that. I think it's possible. I know in my life it's been possible. And I think that there's a also an access to us learning to love what we do, seeing it from different perspectives, from you know, what you're pointing to is the impact that you're making. And it's not about everyone quitting their day jobs and becoming these entrepreneurs. I'm just trying to take that in and kind of think about it. Being the best at something does not make you a successful business. It really doesn't. In fact, before this, my partnership with Michael is my current partner in business. It started off when I was still working at this digital marketing agency, this big one. He hired me to be a sales consultant for his uh, digital marketing agency. And I got to know him over time and I noticed how great he was and how smart he was at these things that even the big agency couldn't, you know, hadn't thought of and how much more effective he was at delivering. And it had me question, like, what am I doing working here? I feel like I'm a cog. You know, salespeople at this organization are, are looked, I don't want to say looked down upon, but they're like the dumb jocks of a business. That's how it always occurred to me. Even though salespeople generally get paid more than anyone else at a business. It occurred, yeah, like the, they're the jocks or something like that. When I talked to Michael, he didn't look at, he didn't see me like that. He saw me as somebody who was, he was hiring to help him grow his business. And it, over time, I still continue to work with him. But what happened was that, you know, we stopped working together after a couple of years and we were, you know, still talking and in touch. But I had this course or I had this, you know, the framework of what I'd been building, consulting with digital marketing agencies after I quit my job. I was like, this has got to be able to go out to more agencies so they can see this technology and sales that I've developed from all the people that have taught me and working with everyone else. And I, I knew that it was worth a lot of money, but I also knew I would never do it unless I had Michael. I thought about all of Michael's strengths and I thought about all of my strengths. And I was like, together, this is amazing. And I was like, hey, you want to do this, man? I'll give you 50%. He's like, yeah, I've been waiting for you to ask me. It was so easy. Because I had known Michael for a while. I knew what he represented. I knew what the kind of quality he wanted to deliver. So for me, it was just like, yeah, let's do it. That was the first business partner I ever chose in my life, actually. Besides me. No, I chose him to be my business partner. Uh, you know what? I don't know. Think about you that know? one. I'll think about that one. Collaboration. Collaboration is such a big one. Partnership and collaboration over competition I think in 2021, it's going to be even more relevant than ever. Yep. Where were we even going with that, though? Where, where we're going is, I want you to give us a bit of an understanding of how did you go from corporate to consulting to your own business, and what was the turning point? Oh, oh my God. Now I remember where this thread was going. Thanks for getting us back on track. I love how smooth your skin is. All right. So what happened was the reason why I'm going here is the, I wouldn't call myself corporate. I mean, that's like, you know, you could wear a t-shirt and jeans to my job or shorts or whatever, wear whatever you wanted. It was a really laid back company with great people. But where I'm going with this is I was just, I felt like I was a cog in a wheel. The company got sold to another company that was less cool and personable. 
And then everything started changing around me. Like I just felt like I was being devalued, not like Eric personally, but just the like salespeople at the company and all that. The commissions were lower. They just terrible ideas for a company that wants to grow. And so that was that had me be like, you know what, this can't be my future. Cause at first I just took the job because I wanted to make money so I could pay my rent because I decided that I didn't wanna I didn't want to make money just being being a painter. And I took the job because I wanted to pay my rent and have money to buy art supplies. That's really what it was. It's like I want to be able to buy any art supplies that I want. And that worked out. But what we're saying is when I quit that job, I was at this place where I was like, I don't want to have a career in enterprise sales. I just knew I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to sell something for someone else. And I wanted to sell something that I really believed in, something that would really help people and something that I could be really proud of. And that was just like all of that combination together seems so awesome. But that didn't come in until a little bit later because once I quit my job, I consulted with this one business that really helped me. I did a great job consulting with them. They helped me. Then they introduced me to another person. And that next consulting opportunity was like really lucrative. It was really awesome. But one of the things that I found was that I wasn't a partner in that business. I was like a hired gun. And I was always worried like for myself, like what happens if they don't need me anymore? And I, it, I knew it was inevitable, you know, because I wasn't a partner in this business and yeah, I was fulfilling an important purpose. But so what happened was I was living in fear. I had this fear that I was living with, knowing that things were great right now, but I wasn't creating a real future for myself where I felt like I was a business owner. See, I had a business in the sense that people hired me, like I was, I had client, a client or clients, but I didn't feel like an entrepreneur. And I didn't because I didn't feel like I had anything that I was building that like from one year to the next, it was standing on the shoulders of the previous year. And when I asked, like I said, Michael to be my partner, that's when I, that was a statement. I was like, I am going to build something in which I'm like standing on the shoulders of the thing I just built. And we're going to build like a tall, really nice building of a business. And, but between when I quit my job and that moment happened, I actually decided that I didn't want to do this consulting thing anymore at all. I didn't want to work in digital marketing. I wanted to become a professional crystal sales artist guy. And, you know, Xenia had been an influencer in different areas and made money doing sponsored posts for, you know, you made money doing sponsored posts and sharing that along with your other content. And I was like, oh, you know, we could do something like that with crystals. And I just kept on, my brain kept on like racking, like how much I love crystals. And I went through all the business opportunities that I saw as possible. And like, I just was thinking to myself, I just don't see the business alignment for me. Yeah, we even had some meetings about making it a startup. We had some really good opportunities. Our prints still sell in Society6. Oh, totally. I still love sharing crystals. But I, I noticed about crystals, it was just like art for me. Incredibly important part of my life, but not something that I wanted to be my business. And I'd always, whenever I see kids on the street, like like 14-year-old kids working in a store, 16, 18, 20-year-old kids, 
I'm always telling them like, hey, you know, you're pretty good at selling stuff. Did you know that if you sell things, then you don't have to get paid by the hour? Like, what do you mean? Yeah. I'm always like selling. I'm like, listen, right now, no matter how hard you work, you get paid $15 an hour, right? They're like, yeah. I'm like, what if I told you that if you worked harder, you get paid 45 or 70? Like, it kind of sounds like a in-person human spam, but it's also true. I remember when we stopped by FedEx or UPS, one of those stores, <laughs> Kansas City, you literally did that to a kid. Yeah, I was telling him, I was like, man, you're the, you're so good with people and you're so like competent. You know that you, you're a great asset to a business and in sales. And if you were in a position, you got yourself a job where you could leverage how great you were into making money proportionate to your performance, you would make a lot more money than you make right now. And the kid was like, he, he was like, it, I was kind of aggressive with it because I was so passionate about how great he was. But I think he got the picture. But it's like, I love this self-determination thing. It's one of the cool things about being in America. And I do believe that about living in the United States is just you have the so much opportunity to create a business. It's so amazing. Yeah. Anyway, so that concept, it never left. The, from the moment I became one of the top sales guys at the company I worked at, my first job, I just knew that that model of you get better at doing this thing, you will get paid proportionally to how much you improve and the impact that you make. I just can never let go of that concept because if I, the best crystal art and things that I can make or the most beautiful curated crystal that could take me hours or years or whatever, just wasn't going to make me exponentially more money or what it is is like a game. Like I wasn't, I just, it didn't feel like a game that I wanted to play. And this digital marketing business seems to me like such an awesome game to play. So that's how I'm here. And this digital business is what has allowed for your imagination to run wild with all the projects. The latest one and the one that it took the shortest amount of time for me to enroll, register and invest in is this new cabin. So I don't fully yet understand what it is, but by now I've developed this trust. And now that we both have experience with renovations and building, you know, even on a small scale, it just gives you so much more confidence that I'm now connected to. And ever since we moved here and, you know, we were walking around the property looking at spots There's this one spot on top of the hill that just has the best view. It's the spot where I go to almost every day to watch the sunset. You can see the sun setting over the mountains and on nights when there's clouds. It just is breathtaking and every day it's different. And there's always deer that come right before the sunset. And it's so magical. It's it's could be one of the most magical spots on the property. And so it's pretty flat already. It's inviting to a home. And how did we come to this idea to build an off-grid cabin on this prime location? I think it's going to become on-grid somehow. But there was this thread that we were on before that was powerful. And this is on it, but I'm not sure how, how is it connecting to it. I'm just... Give me a moment here, if you don't mind. Yes, that's true. You are on board with this idea. But what was really powerful about this idea is that 
They say one way of measurement of how powerful you are in this world is the time that it takes between when you say you want to do something or get something done and the time it actually gets done. Like that, how short that distance is in time is the measurement of power. Shorter, the more powerful. And we've gotten more powerful with our word and getting things done since we moved here because you get strong. It's like a muscle, like, you know, saying we're going to do this and then you do it. And to look at the cabin, this thing here, I thought to myself, what are we going to do all winter with no projects? (laughs) And I said, we need this cabin because what's going to happen is if we don't build this foundation, March is going to come around. Earth's going to be too wet or maybe frozen, and we're not going to be able to build a foundation until May, maybe at the earliest. And I'm thinking to myself, no way I'm waiting that long. If we get this foundation in, we could get start collecting stuff and put up the frame, do all these different things on those kind of nice winter days, if there any exist. But And then by the time spring rolls around, we'll be able to be knee deep in this thing by the time my birthday, May 23rd happens. It's interesting when we first were buying this property, we didn't think we would we were going to renovate the existing house. And I remember our first conversations and kind of napkin drawings that we still have some documentation of, I'm sure, were about us either building a container home or like salvaging a bunch of materials from thrift stores and estate sales and building this very affordable, creative home with our own hands. You were actually also at the time talking about building a cob. Well, not cob because cob isn't great for where we are. It's a little bit too cold for it, but some sort of uh, cordwood, cordwood cordwood home with um, utilizing log ends and kind of stacking them like bricks. even went to a week-long workshop in Guatemala to learn how to do this stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. I forget so many things. I forget so many things. Yeah, I spent an entire week in Guatemala. Was it last year? Two years ago? Mm-hmm. I don't even remember. Wait, where were we? Was it last year? No, it was two years ago. Two years ago. Oh my gosh, two years ago. Well, I was drinking cacao with Florencia from episode 14 in Guatemala. Eric was learning how to build homes. And even when we were already had our papers signed and were planning to move here, we were just going wild in so many directions and you know, it ended up being this and everything is divinely orchestrated. And now we have this opportunity where it's like we're revisiting this original idea of going crazy and keeping sustainability in mind and being creative and just having fun along the way. Oh my God. To me, actually, fun's really the only thing. <laughs> like I, If I don't have fun doing what I'm doing, I just can't do it. That's just, you know, for me, it's like, I just, the idea of like outsourcing non-fun things for me, it's, it's like double, I'm not saying there's like a four hour work week like that, Tim Ferriss. I just don't believe in, in that. I think for me, fun includes things that are really tough. Like for me, pounding at that rock for five hours, not, it was the hardest day I've ever had in my life working. It was fun. So hard and fun definitely coexist together for me satisfaction and fun totally hard fun satisfaction it's like the what I, what allows me to work so hard for something is like i see the future 
before it happens. Not like I'm, you know, not like I see if I do see a flash of the future and it is kind of psychic often. Sure. But I'm able to hold the image of what I'm creating in that I see in the future right now as I'm taking the action. So when I'm pounding that rock over and over again, trying to get, you know, a slab to put down as a pathway, I'm feeling myself walking on that path as I'm swinging that hammer. I don't know how to explain. It's not like I'm trying hard to do it. It's just naturally there. So what's the vision for the new cabin? Really tough to tell you this. So I'm, I, I would be a total liar if I told you that the, the vision for this cabin was complete when we first started doing it or when we first did the, like, it wasn't complete when it, bedroom. Wait, I'm getting mixed up in cabins. Okay. This cabin right here, we're sitting in a cabin. Okay. I remember sitting on the couch. It's really cool. It's awesome. It's like just 99% done. All right. But when we first started building it, I had no idea what it was going to end up looking like. And along the way, I had different people that were my advisors that helped me. One of our advisors was our contractor. And I was, I didn't have much money we wanted to spend or we could spend all of those things. And I went to my contractor and I said, listen, we're investing a good amount of money in this cabin already. Like, tell me if you were me and you wanted to have the best cabin possible and thought of all the cool ideas, what would you do? And he says, I would do this, 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 and this. Uh, and I was like, okay, how much are those going to cost? Or he goes, you know, what, do you want to do them? And then I would hear a price and I'm like, oh, that's crazy. And then, yeah, we did all of them. Okay. <laughs> but is that I would have my vision and then I could see, I only could see so far because I didn't know enough. And I would rely on other people's visions and I would see what they saw connected with mine. And then I would, that would help me get more clarity on the picture. And it was that clarity through having conversations with people, trying to explain it to this woman over here, and then having her say, like, what, what about this? What is that? And that is what created clarity. But the clarity happened inside of taking more actions and moving forward. That's the thing. So now this new cabin, right? What it is, is a chance for us to make something quirky. I know our cabin is quirky, but in a lot of ways, it's like, pretty modern and awesome and it's like really sleek and it's a vision of what you always wanted the cabin to be in fact i'm building this cabin because i could live with 50 different styles of cabins i vision this cabin the way that i think you want it because i know that if you're happy my life is like a bajillion times better and i'm okay with you know 30 different parallel dimension cabins you know like this parallel universe cabins that that look different than this but the fact that you love this cabin i saw i know what the things that you like and what are the I, things that i like you like white <laughs> you like you like sleekness you like white walls you like sun you like you like i see your pinterest boards and i I just know what you like. I have a vision for what you like. And I was just bringing this cabin closer to that because I think you have great taste too. So don't get me wrong. I like um, baskets. You know, baskets, one thing we're not necessarily 100% eye to eye on and everything. This woman is a basket lady. I mean, she's got so many baskets. I don't know what to do with them. She's a basket case. Is that? <laughs> <laughs> so, but the the new cabin is all about... Just to pause right there. Yeah. 
I love baskets always, but then a couple of years ago, I had a little get-together with my girlfriends, and I was like, you know, my fiancé, I love him so much, but he's just so messy. He'll leave stuff everywhere. Like, any suggestions? How do you deal with your men? And they said, just put baskets everywhere. Because then, at least you'll be finding all of those random items in baskets and not on the floor. But somehow you're rejecting the baskets. You know what? I'm gonna let you. I let you win out in the baskets. You you can win on the baskets. I I don't. I I'm messy. Okay, you just throw my stuff into baskets. It's better mm-hmm. than. I by the way, just because I'm messy doesn't mean I don't know where everything is. Now there, it's recorded, so I can always remind you. You can. Episode one fifty eight. What is it? <laughs> I think it's one twenty eight. One twenty eight. So the cabin. So. First of all, incredible, right? Can you believe how many episodes that is? That's more than two years of episodes. Such a huge accomplishment. I said it, I think, on every podcast that I've been on with you. So huge that you kept this going. This is an amazing podcast. And I get a chance to listen to a lot of the people and meet so many of the people that come on. You don't really listen to it, but you've met a lot of the people. Totally. It's true. It's true. And it's really amazing that you, like, if I had a podcast that you didn't listen to, I think I'd be upset with you. Well, you watch my TikToks. Oh, I do. Oh, religiously. Are you kidding me? But, so the, yeah, go ahead. This afternoon, I was on the phone with my friend. <laughs> and I get multiple calls from Eric. And I'm like, fine, friend, can you hold on? We need to have this conversation, I guess. And so I get on the phone with Eric. And he says, it's either tomorrow or pretty much never, a.k.a. next year. And so we had to, on the spot, within those two What's tomorrow or next year? Pouring the foundation for the new cabin. Yeah. So pretty much what happened is two days, not yesterday, I called up, I came up with the vision with our contractor friend and he's like, all right, let's do it. I'm like, all right, I'll call our excavator. In the meantime, I was watching YouTube videos of this channel called My Self-Reliance that is extremely inspiring if you're someone interested in building an alternative lifestyle because it's this guy who's in his late 40s who's a father and a husband whose business had failed and he decided to pursue his wild dream of building a cabin in the woods and he did and he documented every step along the way and it ended up going viral bonkers viral people love him he has 1.6 million subscribers and I can safely assume that he makes more than full-time living just from the views on his channel and from the ads. So just such a reminder that sometimes it's not about starting another business and fitting into a box, but pursue, perhaps it's, I'm contradicting myself. I'm acknowledging that from what I said before, because I think. It's what you said sometimes, not always. Right. Every path is so individual, individual and unique that the only role that these podcasts and YouTube videos can play for you is to just show you what's possible and to awaken in the presence of someone who is present to their passion what you're meant to do and what, what is meant for you, what you're passionate about. And to me, watching myself reliance on YouTube and his wild success was just such a reminder that you can do the wildest things that bring you joy and share them and that can be what brings you money and That's been my experience recently with TikTok. It doesn't yet bring me full-time living, but I am making some money from it. And it's been the most viral social media venture that I've ever done. And what it started with is 
me posting videos. Well, it started with me dancing and that failing and me stopping that. And then I was like, what actually do I want to see? What turns me on and what makes me feel alive? And it was nature and fire and cabin life. And I started posting that. And that was the turning point for that account when it went viral and opened up a lot of doors for us. And I think gave us like a big boost of inspiration and motivation to continue creating and sharing in that realm. I was so proud of you when you did that because you really let go of some of the things that, you know, like the idea that Instagram is a lot of it was a business for you. But, you know, it started out, of course, just as a passion and then it became a business and a passion. And then TikTok wasn't a business for you because, you know, it was just a thing that you had and you wanted to get to know the platform. And then, you know, you started creating content and you invested so much time into it. I don't know if it's, it's hard to explain. You spent so much time on it and there was literally no ROI monetarily in sight for that. But I saw how happy you were. And I remember saying to myself, like, you know, if, if this is, if you do this, like you're so genius and you continue to make great stuff and be happy, like I'll handle the rest of the, you know, the making the money part. And this is going to, you know, pay off totally in some way. I have no idea how it will. And right now it, it has paid off. I don't know how much it's paid off monetarily yet. Paid off a in lot. Like, oh, it's paid off a lot. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> a lot. But that's when I say, I don't know. It means I don't know the exact number if there is a number, but it's, it's helped me so much just in like how I share all the things that I do with the world and understanding that. But and also, of course, getting into TikTok, it's definitely the best. I don't even mess with Instagram anymore. Um, I don't go on Instagram. I only go on Facebook to the marketplace so I can look at weird things that are for sale and to talk to people in different groups I'm in for business. But so back to that phone call. Um, wow, you're so sharp. It must be the cacao. No, yes, it is. But it's also that I'm so freaking passionate about this cabin. I honestly want to just research and think about it the rest of the night. So, but what happened was Andy and I, Andy's our contractor friend, we decided, I was like, yeah, Andy, we're going to do this because, oh, this is great. Andy's an inventor. So many amazing inventions. And he's got this amazing ladder that he created that you could like walk up a ladder, one of those really long ladders with his ladder extension, safety ladder attachment. And you could walk all the way to the top of it. It's incredible. Anyway, he's so smart. And I'm thinking to myself, man, I want to like have Andy in my life and continue to be a patron of Andy. In my mind, he's an artist, like in his inventions. And there's been people in my life who have like bought my work because they believe in me. And I think that's how I see businesses. Like I want the, the businesses that buy from me, they believe in me helping them. And I, that's why I just, buy things from people I believe in and it feels like so good. That knife that you bought on Etsy. Yeah. I, so I carve spoons and there's this guy I saw, he's like an 18 year old kid who's like a blacksmith. He's And so I said, you know what? I really want to buy a knife from this kid because blacksmith, like a trade is so cool. And if he's passionate about this, yeah, I want to buy it from him. So I bought the knife. It's an awesome knife. But um, the thing about this cabin thing is I was talking to Andy and Andy is, you know, he's got a tagline, which is get her done. <laughs> and he's like my, uh, he's like my outdoor building badass country mentor. That's a tagline we assigned to him just to be clear. Yeah. Yeah. Get, get her done. 
And in my mind, by the way, that's playing in my head for just about everything. <laughs> so like I'm putting the stones together. I'm like, get her done. I'm like building a pull-up bar in the backyard. I'm like, should I stop right now? It's like, no, get her done. <laughs> like it's just always there. And um, it's beneficial that that's positive talk. Can you know? I choose some of the areas where it gets turned up? Yeah, tell me. Like the pile of clothes in the bedroom? Are you saying you would like to turn it up in that yeah. area? Okay, yeah. Continue. So Andy and I are talking. He's like, we can do it. And Andy's the kind of guy that when he wants to get something done, it happens. And he does it fast. And I value and believe in that too. So, and he's yeah. also, for context, someone who is, has spent, what, three, four decades building. Four decades. Doing projects, everything from vans to roofs to ground up building of everything to excavating to developing properties. Oh, logging. Yeah, he's everything. Like, dude, the guy's done absolutely everything and it's incredible. It's like a plug for Andy. Anyway, and so. And he's the one who made our rain shower skylight possible when it seemed completely crazy. Oh, it was totally it was all his crazy. idea. It's all that. Yeah, he's come up with incredible ideas. So where I'm going with this is that we're like, yeah, let's do it. I'm like, all right, I'll call the excavator. So I call this David, who's our excavator, he's the best guy. And he comes over, he's, he lives really close to us. He comes over, he goes, all right, let me shoot a project because he's always got that like cigar in his mouth. And so he comes up in his, in his truck and He's like, where do you want the, where do you want the hole? And so we try to drive up the hill. He's like, I can't do this. There's so much mud here. This is project's not going to happen. And the first thought I have to myself is like, oh man, maybe we won't do it. But then the next thought I have is wait till Andy hears that it can't be done. <laughs> <laughs> so David leaves and, and I'm like, I totally understand He's, he says, it's not that it can't be done. It's that it's going to be really hard. It's going to cost you like three X. Like, okay, fine. So I call up Andy right after. I'm like, Andy, he says it can't be done. He's like, no, yes, it can. He's like, I'll figure it out. He literally said, I'm coming over tomorrow. I'm coming over tomorrow. So so what happened is he hangs up with me. And then he calls me back, you know, an hour later. He goes, I figured out how we're going to do it. I go, really? He goes, yeah. I go, come on, you think we can do it? He goes, in my mind, it's already done. And I'm like, exactly how I think. When I walk we walked onto this property the first time. I was like, we've already bought this and made it an amazing cabin. We, we didn't even own it yet. We hadn't even told the real estate agent that we liked it, but that was already there. So Andy says, it's already done. And then he calls me back a couple minutes later and he goes, this is what we're going to do. I am going to show up with an excavator tomorrow and I'm going to carve a new road so that all that mud is won't be there and we can just drive up on the you know the hard ground below that i'm like oh my god that's genius he's like yeah i'm carving a brand new road for you up to that thing i'm like oh awesome he's like yeah then i'm having the stone guy coming the next day and the concrete guy's coming on monday three days later it'll be all done and i'm like oh my god that's incredible and he's like but you just got to tell me right now because I got to do it tomorrow morning before it because the weather is like seriously changing. And I got to just do it tomorrow morning. And I'm like, you know how much he tells me how much it's going to cost. I'm like, oh yeah, that's a lot of money. But I never see something that's a lot of money and say, I can't do it because it's a lot of money. I just don't. And 
That's one of the reasons why people also like buy from me is because I won't allow that thought into my space. I don't allow that into my zone. I allow like, what am I getting? Like, what's the value and what impact is it going to make in my life? That is like the ruler. So he goes, I go, okay, yeah. All right. That's the price. And what are we going to get again? He goes, okay. I go, he goes, you need to tell me in 10 minutes because I'm driving past where I need to get all the lasers and all the stuff. And I got to call the people before the place closed. I go, okay, great. Let me just call Ksush up real quick. I call you up. You're on the phone with your friend. What did that feel like? I knew that if you're texting and calling me nonstop, there's something serious happening and some decisions to be made. And when you called me and told me that we need to send him the money, he's coming over tomorrow, it just felt right. And that was awesome too. By the way, I didn't. we didn't say that three days ago, I shared the vision for not just doing this with you, but like doing it publicly on, um, like with some videos on YouTube so we could share it. And you were inspired by that. And then when I found out that you were watching videos of this type of stuff without me, my heart was soaring. And, you know, I, you, it's funny, two years ago when I started watching my self-reliance with uh, Sean James, that stuff, you wanted nothing to do with it. And when I told you I've been watching this guy for two years, like following him for two years, you're like, really? <laughs> but the whole point behind it is that when we, I pulled the trig to get this foundation in, we pulled it together, by the way, it felt so good, felt so right. It feels like this exciting adventure, you know, especially during these times where we don't know when we're going to be able to travel again. What else is there to do than to set up a home where we can expand our family, where we can host friends, where we can have an Airbnb and host experiences? There's just so many possibilities. That sounds awesome. Oh, yeah. We're going to make an Airbnb out of at least one of these houses. So the thing that was so amazing is along the way, I have kind of just gone with my gut and gone with the flow and just, you know, brought her along with me or vice versa. But then there's been times when I've really been reasonable because at some point during the renovation of this cabin, I was thinking about, hey, let's just build a huge pyramid on the property, like a meditation pyramid. Maybe it'll be an Airbnb, maybe not. And like, not like a, like a stick and stones one. I'm talking like, a structure with a 24 foot square footprint that's like modeled after the proportions of the pyramid of Giza. And then I was ready to go. I had everything planned out. I spoke to all these people and I told my brother, and he's like, we were driving back from his house and he goes, you know, Eric, I was, he, cause he knows like if he tells me something's a bad idea, like he's like, he's not going to react well to this or he's going to push back. But I knew like I'm also open, but I knew that what he was saying was like, this is a terrible idea, except saying it really nicely and like not having any judgments. Goes, Eric, you know, this pyramid sounds really fun and everything like that, but like, wouldn't you like a new bathroom instead? <laughs> so I thought to myself, um, so you're saying it's not that you don't think a pyramid's a good idea, bro, but it's that you think having a bathroom would offer a lot more value right now. He's like, yeah. And so I thought to myself at that moment, yeah, he's right. He's right. And she just like that, I got myself a dream bathroom. And I thought she's going to really like that bathroom. That bathroom is going to make her life so much better. And I'll probably appreciate it too. Cause it's one of those things like, you know, 
washing your beard that like until you do it, you don't realize how amazing it is going to be. And that bathroom is amazing. It's made my life better too, not just hers. I take, you know, I take baths. But um, so I listened to my brother's advice on that. My brother's a very practical guy. And um, why I'm, but there's like a combination, remember, a combination of like throwing caution to the wind and then taking the advice of different advisors. And for me, when I know I'm determined to do something, I'm not going to talk to my conservative advisors. I'm going to talk to the people that I know are going to like convince me to do the thing I'm already convinced to do. And when I'm not 100% sure, that's when I talk to my conservative advisors. And if my conservative advisors say, oh, yeah, go for that risk, then I'm like, oh, well, definitely must be the right risk. But so we're going with the risk. So what's the vision? What's the feeling? You know, even if there's not a clear vision, what is the feeling that we're going for? What's the future that we're creating with this new cabin? Well, I one of the like the ideas that we threw out there was having it be the, the Sabbath or the Shabbat or the Shabbos cabin, right? Which is, you know, a cabin that would be like the for the day of rest. Like, you know, everyone knows that on the, you know, Jews on the seventh day, right? They have uh, the Sabbath and you don't use like electricity. You don't, essentially you don't make things and build things. It's just a time for you to be. And more and more people in kind of conscious technology use circles, et cetera, and mindfulness circles are actually adopting that practice and talking about it. I saw Giselle Bunchen did a live. Oh yeah, Giselle does the Shabbos thing now. It's yeah, funny. Yeah, she did it live on Inside Timer and she was sharing how her whole family does it now and how it's been life-changing. Tom Brady celebrating Shabbos. So that the idea was like, let's call this the, the Shabbos cabin or Shabbat. Let's call it that, right? Let's call this the, the Shabbat cabin. And we would go there like once a week on Friday night, Saturday and just like have nothing there, like just a, maybe like a wood burning stove, couches, um, like, like really low light, so to speak. And it would just be awesome and so warm. And that was the, the first thought. But then the problem is that once I think of an idea, I always want to like build on it and make it more complex and more interesting. So right now, the thing that we're like kind of struggling with, not struggle, it's like a great struggle feels great is should we make this an amazing fancy cabin with like a septic system and like a great bathroom and like electricity and all that stuff Um, and essentially make it like the next place that we're going to live or can we let this thing just be a Shabbat cabin and I think I don't know the answer to that. I do know is that we're going to put a pipe in the concrete for septic and we're going to put another pipe for water and we'll see how it goes. We can always bring the electricity there. We can always do whatever, but it's really the cabin build itself that I'm interested in. I want that feeling of cabin to be there. I want that feeling of like rustic. I want that feeling of like, I want to see wood and I want to see stone. So where can everyone follow this journey? You tell them. I don't know. <laughs> uh, we're still deciding that. TikTok is one place. It was the first platform where we've announced we're doing this. It's at Where is Xenia. YouTube, we're not sure if we're starting a new channel or continuing at home with Xenia. So I'm going to link to everything in the show notes. And whenever you listen to it, you can just click and know that they are the relevant links. And 
Are you trying to wrap things up here? Yeah, I am. It's midnight here. <laughs> what? Yeah. What I want to... The sound is, is starting to cool off. Wait, it's on? Yeah, I turn it on. The thing about the sauna that really gets me, it's so sweaty. And then you sit in there for such a long time. You're always happy you did it. But like the thought... It's like working out. It's like, oh man, I'm going to have to do this. It's going to be I exercise. It. It's going to be hard. I find it to be so relaxing. It's like this little room that smells like forest you go into and and there's nothing to do but to just be healed it's beautiful but what i want to start wrapping up with is this question of what is your favorite thing about living in nature and about this move that we've made loss of fear it just came out i don't know like um when we first moved i was kind of afraid of like walking outside at night i was like are you afraid of the dark that tv show i don't want to say i was really afraid of the dark but i've lost so many fears like we're not afraid of bugs i know that sounds so lame but when we moved in there was just a bajillion ants there were everywhere. ants falling on our faces as we were sleeping oh non-stop we just like couldn't care less about the ants. things you don't see on social media yeah couldn't care less about ants Spiders, they don't, have, they don't want nothing to do with us, these spiders. Like, not afraid of them at all. Just, like, the concept of grossness and, like, bug infestations and, like, mice and all this stuff. It's just, like, who cares? And... There's even a skunk yeah. that came to visit us. Oh, yeah. She also loves seeing these animals, which is really cute, too, which is very helpful as well. Um, but you said, what's the... Your favorite thing my, about living here. Yeah, my favorite thing about living here is that the automatic quietness. In case you didn't figure it out, i kind of got like a perpetual motion engine inside of me here. And by having, by being in nature and you like walk outside and you see the stars, it's like, it's an automatic pause. And you just like can't do anything but look up mm. and see how beautiful it is. Mm. You know, you feel the air and how, how soft and like chilly or soft and breezy and whatever it is, like the quality of the air is striking out here and the quality of you know you look around the corner and there was a yellow flower there one day but now there's a blue flower and oh my god does that tree have apples on it (laughs) but just the other day all it had was blossoms and just that magic it's so stimulating so much more powerful than walking down the street in a crowded street which i might still love sometimes but i don't miss it all so all of those things. What about you? Oh, thanks for asking. My favorite things are actually very similar to yours. It's it's this everyday magic. My favorite thing is walking around all the hidden corners of the property and noticing the weather change. And also with the weather changing, it gives me access to different parts of the property. Now that there's not brush everywhere... I can walk to corners where I've never been before. So I'm finding all these new trees and rocks and moss and mushrooms and fallen trees and streams. And there's just so much magic and discovering turkey feathers and finding new angles to watch the sunset or the moon rise. It's just so magical and it's always different and it's never boring. And you're right, there's like this invitation to get still 
And within that stillness, we hear our own inner guidance more than ever. That's been my experience. One of the visions of moving to nature was to create the space to be the vessel that I'm meant to be, to be the teacher, the writer, however it's meant to come out through me. And it's really been blossoming more than I could have imagined. Yeah, that's really amazing. I was just thinking, you're, you're the reason why I have all those, the things that I like most. Like you help me get present to all of those things. Because, you know, when we're driving down the road, you're always like, stop. I'm like, what? There's a deer. I'm like, there's deer everywhere. <laughs> but I do that when I'm by myself now. I'm just driving down the road. I see these deer there. I stop the car, open the window, and I say, hey, guys, how you doing? <laughs> I really do it. And um, I look at the porcupine. I love the porcupine, by the way. They're cool. Yeah. We just, we got a, just a great thing going here with nature. And, of course, Remember I started off by talking about how, you know, when you're in New York City, you're looking what other people have. That does happen here. I go to other properties that I think are, I don't want to say the word better, but that's the first word that comes to mind than ours. Thinking, oh man, we really should upgrade our property. And then people come to our house, our property, and they're like, are you kidding me, dude? You're crazy. This is a slice. So unique. So unique. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. You are right. Because they say, in Proverbs, right, they say, who is wise? And what's the answer? He who learns from all people. Okay, well, who is rich? What's the answer to that? I don't know. He who is happy with what he has. Mm. And they say, who is strong? Who is strong? That person which is able to overcome there are inclinations that are self-destructive. You can't show the face you're making, but you're really considering that. And I think like the he, he, like who is rich, we talked about who is rich earlier. Remember I said, like, you can do whatever projects you want. But then the other side of that is like, he was happy with what he has because we have something so awesome. And we had a great apartment in Brooklyn too. But what we have right now feels just way more awesome. There's endless possibility. You got to be willing to trade what you've got. Mm. That's how I see it. Mm, That's so interesting because my final question was exactly what what you're pointing to is, what would you say to someone who is perhaps considering a lifestyle change? Maybe it is closer to nature. Maybe it is something more simple. Maybe it's building their dream home. But someone who's considering a change and is either clear in it or not yet clear, but there's that inkling. And what you're saying is be willing to change and give up. Yeah. Well, you. I think what you just said is being willing to give up what you have, even if, there's, if it's just a possibility of something that you really want that's pulling you further. And you don't even know. Like Indiana Jones, right? Take that step that invisible step and you might fall off the cliff. Maybe you will, maybe you won't, but you, you are going to be okay. No matter what it's true. And, uh, what the whole point of the YouTube channel, why we're sharing this is really, I think there's two types of people that we want. I want to inspire. And I think we've talked about this before. So I'm going to speak for both of us. If you don't mind, 
is I want to inspire the people that are like us, that are really considering or about to make that next jump in their life to that next dream that they have. That's And it's an extreme jump and dream. And it's not what everyone else is doing. It's against the current in some ways. And I want to encourage and inspire those people to do it like now. Okay. Then there's the people who think it would be a great idea, but don't want to do it at all. But there's something else that it can inspire them in. And it's can inspi- I want people to be inspired for whatever matters to them. I'm not trying to get people to do anything, right? This isn't going to, you know, the goal isn't to convince people to move to nature or anything like that. The goal is to do something for me. I want to inspire people to do that thing in life that they really want to do, that they think they can't do. Boom. Mic drop. That is so beautiful. I'm behind all of that. So excited to be co-creating with you. And before we officially wrap, is there anything that I didn't bring up that you feel called to share? Yeah. Couldn't have done it without you. Wouldn't have done it without you. (laughs) (laughs) And like everything that I do, like all those crazy like 10-hour days tiling or five-hour just banging rocks. When I say five hours bang, I mean like not a single second went by without banging a rock for five hours. All those things, like I couldn't do them unless I knew, unless I got the coffee that you made in the morning before I went out. And I knew that when we got back, you were going to support us in making sure we ate food. Like there's no way I could have spent those five hours focusing on those things and focusing on building us that pathway unless you were there to handle the other things. Cheers to morning rituals and cheers to nourishing food and cheers to co-creating and trusting our paths. Back to partnership. Let's go to sauna. Acoustic resonance therapy. Let's do it. Thank you everyone for tuning in. Let us know what you're hearing, what you're taking away from this. I'll be linking to all our channels in the show notes on welcomewire.com. And until next time. Are we always the longest podcast? Like whenever I'm on, isn't it always like the longest recording? What's up there? Almost forgot about crystals in the cabin. So we have, the vision of building something had always been to include crystals in it and crystal grids, etc. For some reason, we just never really got around to doing it on our office. We've really got to do it. But for this cabin... We will be pouring crystals in the foundation 1,000%. Oof, let's go pick them. Yep. And I've, I've been collecting so many crystals. Not that I plan on keeping all of them. It's just that when there's some beautiful ones, I want to be, I want to like pass through. I want them to pass through me. And I, I've been keeping a lot of some really amazing crystals and I want to, Give people an opportunity to get some of these crystals that I've traveled around the world. When he says really amazing crystals, he's the guy who stays up until late at night speaking with miners in Indonesia and all over the world, identifying the best, the rarest, the most high quality kind of things in every category. Yeah. So I want to put um, our betroidal grape agate that we have that's really beautiful um, available. Um, A number of our... Namibian 
Brandberg mm-hmm. Amethysts. So we're talking about Crystal Holiday Sale of mm-hmm. rare pieces from your personal collection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I have like seventeen of a crystal, you know, I'm I'm pretty sure that you know it would be okay if other people got to appreciate a couple of them. Then I've also got some really interesting like one-off crystals, like this really cool like double terminated chlorite. Um, I've got oh some of the fairy stones. They're just they're unlimitedly awesome. A couple of my top ones. So if I had like top 20 out of thousands, I, I'd be great to like let go of at least five of them. Maybe yeah. at one point I would let go. Just, you know, a couple. Um, what are the qualities of some of these crystals that you just mentioned? <sighs> fairy stones, the word fairy, right? They just feel so magic. It's like if the earth was doing a cartoon this would be like the Saturday morning cartoons of my child. It's like, you got it. Like I look at these fairy stones and they feel so awesome, like grounding and earth connection. I sleep with one by my bedside and it feels so calming. It's like a good luck charm. I mean, it's given by um, the first nations in, in Canada, like in Quebec, where they're, where they're found and they're given as wedding presents and good luck charms and all that. And what's really interesting about, like my life in crystals and rocks is as time has gone on, I, I actually like rocks and crystal rocks like that are less shiny, right? Like this blue stone, like I'm so fascinated by it and it's, it's not shiny and fairy stones aren't shiny, but they come in ridiculously awesome, cool shapes made by nature. All right. So that's one thing. Then these Bramberg amethysts are just ridiculous. They're like combinations of, of smoky quartz, amethyst and clear quartz, they're just so, the purples are so deep and rich. They're also pretty rare. And um, they're really tough to get. They're from Namibia, right? From Africa. They come from the place where we got engaged. Yeah. And uh, there, a lot of those mines, they're just not producing those those kinds. So we're able to buy up a bunch of old ones, making noises as I'm talking. And then what was that? What was some other ones? There's, I mean, I gotta like go back grape into agate. Oh, that, well, the betrothal grape agate from Indonesia, the Brandberg amethyst, the uh, fairy stones, and I think there's a couple of pieces of pyrite too. You know what? I have like three pyrite suns that are incredible right now. What are pyrites known for? Oh my god, pyrite! It's like the top business crystal, like creativity, but also like, um, like routine, positive habits. Just essentially, like, look at pyrite all day. It's really shiny and it feels amazing. It's one of my top five crystals. <laughs> when I was a kid, it was one of my favorite crystals. Pyrite and tiger's eye were, like, my top crystals as a kid. Um, they call it fool's gold. I was like, nah, this looks way better than gold. Why do you have to be a fool like this? I would always think about that. So this is, you know, a unique opportunity. We've been called to create space and move crystals to those who are meant to have them. Um, for a little while now, and this just felt like the perfect time you coming on the podcast. So, we oh, will be- I also have these really amazing. Uh, what are those things called? <laughs> when you tie them together, the ma- malas. Yes, malas. You know the beads. So I, I do like to make jewelry. I've got these two malas. The ones are the ones I made. Oh yeah, they're so awesome. So all of these things that we're mentioning, we're gonna be shooting probably tomorrow morning as the foundation is being poured or before. Mm -hmm. And we'll be putting it up on Crystal Criminal's Instagram. 
Um, crystalcriminals.com too probably crystalcriminals.com so be on the lookout there if you're looking to get something special for your own crystal collection knowing that it comes with good energy behind it oh yeah I just buy all of the best ones that I could see at the best show because it's so hard for you to find like you go to the local crystal store I always say this it's like you think you're choosing from like really and they're probably really great crystals but they chose from like thousands of other ones that other people picked at first. And that's the, that's the part that really gets me. I want to be the guy that gets the first shot at them and pick them. And I want to be the guy that's like, I'll take that whole box, <laughs> even though I don't need them because these are the best ones and I want my friends to have them. That's just my thoughts. Yeah. So see you on crystalcriminals.com, maybe some holiday shopping. And if you're listening to this past, then still check out crystalcriminals.com. There might be something available or... Maybe there won't be. <laughs> maybe there won't be. Um, the most important yeah. message out of all of this is go and do that thing that feels scary. Go and do that thing that your heart is calling for and surround yourself with people who believe Support that vision. And support that vision. And you know, your parents, they've been so supportive of this too. It's really impressive. Yeah. You got great parents. My parents too. Yeah. All right. Have a magical rest of your weekend. Thank you for tuning in. And thank you, Eric, for this wonderful conversation. It's not often that we get to sit for a while and have a conversation. We're usually driving or eating or one of us is running somewhere. So thank you for this sacred space of a conversation. And there's more to come. Thank you. Thank you for letting me talk for an hour and a half. I appreciate it. I love you. Nothing unusual here. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a rating and a review on iTunes and share it with a friend who you think could benefit from the message. Find all the show notes and all the resources on WokeAndWired.com and say hello on Instagram. Find me at Woke and Wired. Stay woke, stay wired, and take three deep breaths right now.